Fatality. Welcome. Welcome, guys, to the hey, Free Your Geek hey, hey. podcast. Uh, we've been off for a couple weeks, um, and now we're here. Uh, we have some stuff to do today. Uh, we're going to be, the big thing is we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. But before before we get into that, uh, I want to introduce a couple people that are here. Um, and they actually have ties to Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, KB is under the weather right now, so KB, get well. That's, that's probably a lie. Yeah, probably. He probably just doesn't want to be here, and that's cool. But I also want to introduce my second co-host, uh, the Ned Leeds to my Peter Parker, if you will, uh, <laughs> the Don. You did not waste any time before you said a geek statement. Well, he well, just throws it right out Well, there. and then I was going to say, and the Tony Stark to my Peter Parker, oh. because he's been mentoring me. Uh, one half of the Whatever Bro podcast, or the, the Whatever Brothers of the Whatever Bro podcast, yep. Joe Amaral, hey, has thanks for having me. mentored me from their show to my own show, so he's kind of like the Tony Stark to, wow. to me. Oh. Great. So. Except I'm not a genius at all. Yeah, but, I mean... Who May, maybe just as cool, right? Yeah, just maybe. as cool. I, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Right. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if they both changed their last names to whatever so they could actually be the whatever bros. <laughs> That'd be that pretty awesome. Joe and Scotty, cool. whatever. Whatever, you know? <coughs> yeah, uh, like the Mario Brothers. We're on we're on <laughs> Facebook Live right now, too, so hello, everybody, on Facebook. What's up? Yeah. Uh, for those listening to the audio, you don't really care. Um, but I want to start off a couple things um, before we get into this. Uh, Rich Marini is already saying R.I.P. Chester. So oh, for those that crazy. don't know, uh, Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park committed suicide. Ah, yeah. Uh, for the you know that was a kind of a band coming up when I was you know a teenager and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so very very impactful in my life. You know that angsty like what do you call it? like almost like a neo metal type of I don't know what type of genre it is, but yeah they were they were you know they had their detractors. People liked them. People didn't like them. But again. Very important for certain people of a certain age during a certain time. So a lot of that, uh, I don't mean to interrupt. No, go but for it. A lot of that music too definitely had that like depressive like undertone to it. So yeah. like you know something like this happening, then going back and looking at some of the music that they made, it's like oh you know like this is where those feelings were coming from. Yeah, was that when we were in high school? You think? Uh, yeah, because yeah, I remember. I remember actually, is my first year of college. I had a speech class, and I had to, yeah. I did actually did it on Lincoln Park. Nice. So yeah, it was like around 2000, 1998, 1999, 2000. So yeah, it was right around then. So yeah, you actually hit it right on the mark. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, you know it's sad, but again, uh, there's always help. Not that I wanted to start on a whole down thing, you know, being all down and whatnot. But you're suicide never alone. Hotlines yeah, and stuff. suicide hotline. You know, feel free to reach out. Don't you know reach out to your friends because your friends love you no matter what. So. That's all we're going to do. We're going to do PC. So <laughs> I just want to point that out because that's the first thing. We're roping them in. First we started off said. with okay, an emotional yeah, you yeah. Know, feel. We started off, you know, oh, I just, uh, it's just sad because <laughs> whatever. We're talking about Spider-Man. We're going to be goofing around. He but seems affected by this. Yeah, I, I am. I'm hurting inside. This is how I, I handle it. Um, okay. Spoilers. We're going to be talking pretty in-depth about Spider-Man Homecoming. It's been out for a couple weeks. So if you haven't seen it, then don't watch this. Listen, right we now. gave them plenty of time. Yeah. I think two weeks is sufficient. Like, just get your ass to a movie theater and exactly, watch it. Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's an amazing movie. No pun intended. Um, we were gonna we're gonna do a final countdown toward the end. Uh, our top three favorite villains. Uh, we could have discussed our favorite movies, but I think 
I want to kind of talk about that in the just the general conversation today. Yeah. Um, about that and see what you guys think as it compares to the other Spider-Man movies. But right off the bat, as a standalone Spider-Man film, to see Tom Holland from uh, Captain America: Civil War, you know, had a little cameo there, maybe like 10, 15 minutes of total screen time, to basically carrying his own movie. What did you guys think overall of the movie? Uh, I was impressed with the movie. I was happy to have uh, Spider-Man tie in with everything else. But that was really cool. I like what Marvel's doing. Like, say we use like the Avengers as like like a main point or whatever, and like everything's like spreading out from there. Like same thing. Like I like how it ties in with the the Netflix series and like everything's just roping <coughs> in together. I think they did a great job with Spider-Man too. Marvel always has a way of <coughs> turning a movie into. Like, if they do a remake, uh, they always turn it better than what it was. Like, And they also have a lot more to work with. Like, they're, for example, using Tony Stark as the creator of Spider-Man's suit. I just think that was a beautiful addition. Yeah. So he's got kind of his own Jarvis and all that. So, I don't know. I, I, I found it kind of cool, but Marvel also has that advantage. They have done so much that they can connect Spider-Man in that way. You know. Well, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because we'll talk about that for a little bit. And I don't know if I talked, I might have talked to you about it. Um, I don't know if I talked to you, but there's rumors going around. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but in Age of Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron, Jarvis gets taken out of Iron Man's suit. He uses another, uh, pro, an AI program. I forgot what the name of it is. Friday? Uh, it might be Friday. It's, yeah, so yeah. Friday. So um, one of the discs he's going through is a name of Jocasta, who's also a hero. Um, similar to the Vision, and in the Vision comic books, uh, Vision and Jocasta get married and have children, two androids that wow. are both based on sentient. So thinking about Jarvis, Paul Bettany playing, Jar you voicing Jarvis and then playing Vision, and then Jennifer Conley, his real-life wife, playing Jocasta, yeah. who they might have used in Spider-Man suit because she was the voice. There's rumors going around that it was actually Jocasta, the program he used for Spider-Man suit. Wow. And then that ties uh. husband and wife together in the comic books to the, the films as well. So That's one little Easter egg I did not know. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was kind of interesting. It's a deep um, one. I do like, I, there were some people that were complaining that uh, why couldn't Spider-Man create his own suit similar to the comics? I wasn't a big, like, I wasn't affected. I wasn't, like, upset that Tony Stark <laughs> was doing that because they, they pretty much already showed that, you know, from uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, where, you know, Tony Stark visits Peter in his Queen's apartment that he already has this makeshift suit that he's been using. Yeah. And it's like he he basically says the goggles that he wears helps kind of drown everything out because of his spider sense. So it's not necessarily taking away from any of his power sets. It's just, in my opinion, adding on to yep. the actual power sets. And another point that Kevin Smith made on his podcast was in the comic books, you see a lot of like thought bubbles with Spider-Man basically thinking to himself and having a conversation with himself like, am I doing the right thing? You know, will, will this change anything? To put that other person in the costume for him for somebody to talk to, it kind of emulates those thought bubble speeches yes. from the comic books where it doesn't make it like cheesy or hokey. I like that. Yeah. I like that. that was awesome. I do like that he makes his own webbing too. Mm. Tony had nothing to do with exactly. that. Exactly, and that, that's, that's another thing. So how do you guys... Before we get into uh, how it compares to the other Spider-Man films and and how Tom Holland compares to the other Peter Parkers as far as that goes, what did you guys think of the villain and his the cast of characters um, wow. that made um, up the movie? I have to say that Keaton was by far the best Spider-Man villain we've got. At least oh, to me, great. like that was him. he's dark. <laughs> like we're starting to get 
I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm, we're getting what we should be getting out of Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they didn't go with the Green Goblin again. I'm glad we stood away from that. Um, Keaton had, like, a sinister face, too. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. He looks, like, good mad. Yeah. Not like like uh, Willem Dafoe in the other Spider-Man. I, I thought that was a nice bad guy. Like, his face. Like, there's a certain look a bad guy needs. I feel like Keaton did that great. And in my head, I thought, oh, Keaton's always kind of been, like, a, a positive character. He's never mm-hmm. been, like, the bad guy. So it was interesting <laughs> to see. Yeah, it was, he, I, I definitely have to say he was an awesome bad guy. I, I really enjoyed, and, and you and I talked about this kind of off air in a, a few days ago, but the believability of uh, Keaton uh, as the Vulture, as Toombs' character, his backstory, because usually you don't really get the whole why are they behaving like this. You can see it, the, be, the first opening moments of the movie, it, it does, and to your points, it takes um, pieces of the Avengers, you know, Picks uh, up right Adrian Toombs' company is uh picking up you know the leftover alien tech and they're turning it in and then all of a sudden stark's company tony stark's company comes in and basically swoops in and steals all the business for the most part oh we're taking this over he's like well i just bought a bunch of new trucks and brought on all these other people these people have families and it's just kind of like this is what drives him to do what he does i love that it connected back to the first avengers because you hadn't really in any other marvel movies there was never that kickback to avengers one Mm-hmm. I like it. It was kind of just a rewind <coughs> saying, all right, well, here's some shit that happened right after that first alien attack. Um, I hadn't seen that before in any other Marvel movie, like rewinding like that. So I kind of like that. And I like that it shows that normal people were affected by this, like their jobs and, you know. That's an <coughs> awesome point. Absolutely. Um, because, like they make the references, but they never give you somebody else's point of view exactly. at that time. That's really good. The good only point. thing they messed up on um, that's kind of bringing things into question is the timeline. Because uh, during, I think the events of the Avengers happened in 2012, because I think that's when the first Avengers movie came out. Yeah. And then in Spider-Man Homecoming, it said eight years later, which would put it into 2020. So if we if we take that Avengers happened in, in 2012, and then this is eight years later. Then <laughs> that's true. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, so this events of Spider-Man are happening in 2020. So I think that was kind of a mistake. Wow, I didn't even think of that. It was kind of a mistake on... on on the, the part of the, the filmmaker, the writer, whatever you want to say. But uh, again, to, to, to your points, though, this isn't technically a Marvel movie. This is a Sony movie that has the Marvel influence and is working together with Marvel Studios. That's why they were able to use Spider-Man because of the deal they made. Um, Johnny Leathers jumping in. I want to just give a quick shout-out to uh, Chris Knight. Uh, <coughs> he says, what's up, fellas? Johnny Leathers says it wasn't as good as Spider-Man 3. We'll debate that. I don't know, um, Jim. Jim. I don't agree with that. Yeah, it's a bunch and of John Rivera says, "Sup, fellas? Hey, hey, John, how you doing?" Uh, Paul Tavares says, "Hello." So, uh, for those of you that watch the show and sh- have shared the last four episodes, uh, in honor of Spider-Man, we have a Venom mug here, and we're going to be picking a name of everyone that shared. And I have that prize pack that I'll be mailing over the next couple weeks to one lucky winner. Wow! So uh, you got we'll prizes here. Oh, for we got gig? prizes. Uh, hey, nice. anything to drive that viewership, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we'll be doing that toward the end of the show. Uh, so we, we we agree that Keaton did an amazing job as Ooh, you know beast, um, and you know all the other like connections too. Not that it really has any connections, but we all know that m- for many of us, our first superhero movie was the Batman movie, an '89 Batman where Michael Keaton yes. played Batman. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman's uh, with uh, Christian Bale, Dark Knight, uh, the whole adage. 
uh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's Keaton (laughs) in this movie. So Batman has become the villain. So I just think that's kind of a cool cool tie to the Batman movies as well. Um, What about supporting characters? Let's talk about uh, Aunt May, Ned Leeds, uh, Michelle. Oh, Aunt May. Don't get me started on Aunt May. Aunt May's a little smoke show. Oh, yeah. She's always she's been yeah. in a smoke show for years. She, even in the Tobey Maguire one, she was a real smoke <laughs> show in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Granny. Oh, man. I got to say, though, like, how the internet, like, was up in arms about, you know, this girl, uh, Zidania. Like, playing, playing, playing the part. Is it Zendaya? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she a Nickelodeon girl or something? Yeah, so, Disney. like, all crazy about her playing the part. She's not even, like, our official, like, Mary Jane. Her name's Michelle. She plays, like, she doesn't remind me of Mary Jane. They're like, no. oh, if her personality matches, that's not Mary Jane no. at <laughs> all. So so everything that everyone was saying was right. Yeah. Except, except the ignorance behind it. Well, except at the end where she goes, oh, just call me MJ. Call me MJ. <laughs> oh, my so God, please. Like I couldn't even figure out that. That didn't even make sense. <laughs> For um, a little bit, I was confused. I thought the other girl who was like flirting with him was MJ. You yeah. know, like. Do you, do you think the movie was, uh, you know, I don't want to sound too bad here, but was it too ethnic? <laughs> or, or, Ooh, like they, I feel like they point. fit in every race that this they possibly could. Talking point. <laughs> they this did. is a great talking point. But I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I usually don't have a problem with them using other ethnicities and races to portray. Other characters like Thor is a perfect example. Heimdall, yeah, you know what I mean. In the comic books, he's a white dude, so it's it's like different. You know, it's Idris Elba. He's it's Idris Elba, and he's yeah. badass. So it's like I don't. I, I, I just don't, don't remember Flash being Indian. Right, right, <laughs> <That's all>. right. <laughs> and and they seriously, he's like a, and he's not even big and jacked. No, he's, he's like not. A he's overweight. Yeah, they, they yes. did. They did Short. A, they did a um. <laughs> well, yeah, that they made. They it was made silly. Flash, instead of being the bully, they made him like the uh, intellectual equivalent on the decathlon. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. That's not the. D- I don't know. <laughs> now that I'm sitting and like openly talking about it, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I was just like, wow. This, uh, I, oh. I, I was just a little surprised because Flash was still considered this cool guy with a cool car, but he, he didn't look like your traditional yeah. cool guy. Maybe they're trying to change the norms here. <laughs> well, I think I think they're trying <laughs> to, to. I think it's a uh, uh, the movie is. A symbol of the times we live in, in the sense that bullies, just for example, back in the the sixties when Spider Man first was, Flash Thompson was this big jock, like all like American, whatever. It's yeah. like, and he just hated Peter Peter because he was like this geeky nerdy kid, and that was the catalyst for him to pick on him. Yeah. Now they gave it a little bit more of a, I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> je ne sais quoi. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little. <laughs> I don't know what. Um, yeah, but it's just I think it's it's interesting the way they 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 change it up a little bit. Um, the love interest, what's her name in the the movie? Liz. Is I don't Liz? know. I think it is Liz. Yeah, because yeah. everybody thought it was going to be Liz Allen, and I'm not sure if that was her last name or not. I would say that she's hot, but I think she plays a high school kid, so right. that yeah. probably wouldn't be that handcuffs be politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's 35, but she's playing a high school kid. The so views and opinions really shared it. by one I wonder G- what Joe Amaral. On what is her real age? Do uh, we know? I have no clue. I can okay. look it up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but you guys talk more about that while I look it up. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, the cast was cool. Uh, besides the you know overkill of ethnicities, yeah. um, I, I thought the, the script was great. There were funny parts throughout the movie. Um, Aunt May was great. I do think at some point Aunt May uh, and Tony Stark might 
have a little something. Well, well that's, what, that's what I thought. Pepper will throw the suit that's on. That's what I thought until Ooh. Pepper just showed up randomly. Yeah. Not to, uh, I, I mean, again, <coughs> major spoilers, but yeah. Pepper probably was the biggest surprise to me at the end. Yeah, so uh, Gwyneth Paltrow made a, uh, yeah. a really cool cameo toward the end of the movie. I'm wondering um, if, like, at the end of this, right, like, when we get to the end of Marvel's Road, if we are literally going to, like, get every one of them on screen at once. You know what I mean? Like, the wife's girlfriend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Natalie <laughs> yeah. Portman, Gwyneth Paltrow, get, like, all of them. Like, oh, wow, we finally accomplished it. Like, the world's safe. And, like, the end, question mark, you know. Yeah. Yep. So, well, there's there's some stuff going on about that I'll touch upon. But oh before yeah. I talk about, well, let me talk about that. How old is she? She's well, 28. You're very close. Awesome. All right. She was born so in 1990, so she just turned 27. Great. So I'm not, Bang, a, I'm I'm not a creep then. No, Perfect. No. You're not a creep at all. But yeah, so going back to your point about what are they going to do with the, I think the, the next two Avengers movies are yeah. going to take some players off the board, add some new players. Obviously, Brie Larson's coming in as Captain Marvel. She's yeah. going to have her own movie. I believe... Uh, Chris Evans is at the end of his contract, so we might see the female Cap Captain America uh, take off, and we might see What's either the other kid's name? Uh, oh, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. I don't know where he is in his contract, but uh, there's rumors going around that in the comic books we see Winter Soldier take over the guise of Captain America, then oh, we see the Falcon, Falcon take over the guise of Captain nah, America. I, I wouldn't so want we have that. both of those possibilities. Oh, now that we have, I know it's going to sound. Oh no, no, no. That's um, Norman Osborn takes the place of Iron Patriot. Not Captain Wow, America. really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. No, I didn't. Right. I just oh. never knew that. It's crazy. It's yep. uh, Secret Wars, I think. It is Secret Wars. It's a comic book uh, series called Secret Wars. And I just want to give a quick shout out to other people on Facebook Live. Yeah, a lot uh, of comments today. Yeah. Uh, John Vivera said Ned, Ned Leeds was butchered too uh, from the comic books. Absolutely. Um, but what do you guys think of Ned as like the, the sidekick with the, the whole. I love the tie oh, to I liked Disney and Marvel with the, the Star Wars, the Death yeah. Star. That was pretty cool. There's tons you of know. Star Wars references every time for every time Spider-Man, even in uh, Civil War, where he says, "You know that really, uh, yeah, that old movie." Uh, uh, so it's it, there's a lot of you know. Damn these young kids! Yeah. I, li I like Ned. I thought he was funny. Yet another different Mexican? ethnicity. <laughs> Did you notice he was eating a burrito in his bed? <laughs> was he Mexican? <laughs> I I couldn't even. The views tell. and opinions shared by the Don <laughs> do not reflect those of the Free Your Geek <laughs> podcast. It was just I'm one of be saying those, that a lot. It was just one of those things about a movie that slapped me in the face. I just had to bring it up. I want to give a shout out to Beth too, who's another loyal viewer. She's uh, <laughs> nice. she's commenting. Uh, it's good to see the females on the Free yeah. Geek podcast. Beth Beth is awesome. I love Beth. Not as much as some other people at the table, but she's awesome. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the big twists. Um, we see Spider Man get this suit, which we've already kind of alluded to, where it has this AI. Um, and he's getting used to it, and it basically he finds out it has what they call the training wheels protocol. That was cool. So basically, <laughs> Tony Stark wants him to essentially not be a quote-unquote Avenger and do all these like huge save-the-world type of missions, but he's like, he even says, can't you be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? And I think that's, that's fantastic because it's a nod to the comic books, and he just basically wants him to stick to Queens and protect Queens, kind of like a yeah. you know, vigilante in the hometown type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so what were your thoughts on that? Honestly, it's crazy to hear, like, Tony Stark, like, wasting someone like Spider-Man, like, in New York at that time period. Because for that time period, like, for this whole Marvel thing to work, at this time in New York, Daredevil's doing, like, actually, like, 
all the other heroes are doing their thing. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. Like they're already kind of. <laughs> but is that is that at all connected? They've never actually stated it's connected to the movies, they, have they? They have. Okay. They have. They actually in. Um, it's the first season of Daredevil. Yep. Yeah, and in Luke Cage, too. Right. They're selling the bootleg DVDs, so they call it the event. Right. The event is, you know, like when the, when the, the whole yeah, the, the, the Chitauri showed up. So, yeah, they, they talk about that in the beginning of Daredevil. So, about so the shows have mentioned the movie, but the movies haven't mentioned the shows. Right. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a discrepancy between, and it's, I, I read an article about it a while back, but apparently because Disney owns the rights to the movies and the production of the movies, and Marvel still owns the rights to... The television shows, so Agents of Shield on ABC, I think is there's basically a disconnect between who's yeah. running the the television side and the movie side, and they don't see eye to eye, so they don't uh, necessarily integrate so them as much. But because it is a shared universe, they keep it connected. And gotcha. fingers crossed that they bridge whatever gaps they might have and mend some fences and bring it all together. Because I would love to see. I don't. I just have this feeling that the TV characters are never gonna. I know. I would look. How awesome would it be? Like Infinity War comes out, right? And Thanos and and all of his team now, because that's something we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Thanos is going to have a team now in Avengers. Oh yeah. Um. So, but imagine that, and then like you know somebody's caught in the crossfire, and you just see Luke Cage like step up, and somebody tries to like stab somebody, and the knife breaks off his impenetrable skin, or like Iron Fist does something, or even Daredevil just seeing him in the background saving people—that'd <clears> be kind of cool. Like the way that you're describing this, like brings me back to the Avengers one scene, like where they're like down, you know, ground zero, mm -hmm. and Cap's just calling it out, "You there, you there." Imagine that on a much grander scale, mm -hmm. where like say we do ever get Fantastic Four back, same way that they're doing Spider-Man, if they could bring Fantastic. Fantastic fallback. There's so much stuff that I I'm a big fan of Mr. Fantastic. You know that. Yeah. Yep. If you've watched, you know that too. Like, there's so much stuff that should be connected in the Marvel universe with him, Stark, and Hank Pym. Not not um the Michael Douglas version. Yeah, the yeah. Michael Douglas version. There's so much stuff that they like. They're like, oh yeah, like for instance, in Civil War when they're all locked up in that like underwater base. Like that's stuff that Stark didn't invent. Like, that's, like, the, the joint minds. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be cool if they could rope them in, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I well, even during, I think even during the comic book, they placed them in the negative, is it negative zone? Is that what Mr. Fantastic created? Mr. Fantastic made the... It's not the, the Phantom Zone is DC, I know. I think yeah, it's called no. the negative zone. Uh, but basically, it's it's like he that's discovered like the this like pocket, pocket universe, yeah, and that's where they were imprisoning some of the, the heroes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, people on Facebook, correct me if I'm wrong. Um... But in an or you know, just shout me out in the comments on the uh, podcast. Do you plan? You know, I'm not gonna uh, bring it up without your permission here. Oh, but are you mentioning anything that occurred at D23, like the teaser trailer? Go for it. Uh, this is okay. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, man, spoilers. I just heard so many crazy, go awesome it, things. Go for it. Um, at D23, they showed a, a teaser trailer for Avengers: Infinity War, and I guess it opened up with <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy flying and thor landing on their windshield oh boy yeah and i was like what the hell is this i guess they bring him into the ship and they're all like wh who the hell is this guy um mantis wake you know how mantis can wake people up she wakes him up his uh his line is who the hell are you and they're like we're the guardians of the galaxy and then it cuts to a, a bunch of other scenes i can't think of them all right now but there's one of loki holding the tesseract handing it to someone in like this wasteland, um, and then oh, there's uh, there's one with Thanos crushing 
Thor's head, and then another one of Thanos beating the shit out of Iron Man. Like these are all just scenes that they showed randomly. What? So yeah, I, I, I've heard some rumors about what might happen. So, again, I'll say spoilers. I've been. I'm going to say it all episode. But one of the rumors is that, as we've seen, for those that have seen the trailers for Thor Ragnarok, we see his hammer get destroyed. Yeah. So the the rumor going around is that Hela, uh, who's going to be the main villain, is going to end up scorching the Earth of Asgard using uh, the Soul Gem. If and then to our uh, Possibly it's hidden in Heimdall. The soul gem's going to be taken. Or the hammer, right? Or the hammer, but I believe, yes, it's going to be taken out of one of them. So Thor is going to be using the Tesseract to combat that. And I think that's, and then what's going to happen is I think something's going to happen where he gets stranded in space, and that's when the Guardians pick him up. Yep. So it's going to be I just thought it was crazy that that Thor is connecting to Guardians, and then eventually... Well, they're going to have everybody. They're going to have everybody in for Avengers. It's just crazy. There was another scene apparently with... Um, Doctor Strange, like throwing these, uh, you know the little circle things he does. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know oh, the name like, of it. Yeah, them. he's incantation spells. spells yeah. Yeah. There's one where he throws them out and Star Lord jumps on them. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so Again, almost this like, is almost like, like, little, like lily pads. Yeah, type but thing. it's difficult because it says this in an article. This is what happened, uh, but like y- you have trouble envisioning it. Like, well, you know that footage. You know, yeah, and up leaking at some I, I just read it and I was like, Jesus, like. And I heard the crowd uh, reaction. I didn't see the actual clips. There's another one of Avengers Tower, like, kind of burning. Mm. Um, well, that's moving day, moving day. <laughs> well, that's, that's funny going back to yeah. Spider-Man because that's one of the other subplots mm-hmm. is we see Happy Hogan, uh, John Favreau, uh, coming back, and he's cleaning out the old Tony Stark Avengers Tower because they're moving everything to the new Avengers base. Yep. And that becomes a plot point of the movie where the Vulture is going to be stealing back some of that Iron Man tech. Uh. And that leads to our the big twist of the movie, which I saw uh, maybe about an hour into the movie. I put the two and two together. Not that I'm trying to pat myself on the back here. But we see the big reveal. It's, it's the, the reason that it's called Homecoming is not only is Spider-Man coming homecoming back to the Marvel Universe, it's his homecoming dance where he goes with Liz. He goes to her house to pick her up. Liz. The door opens. Ooh. And who's her father? <laughs> but the vulture. Yeah. And Spider-Man already knows him Huge by face. Huge twist there. And throughout that cab ride, it is cab so... Uh, not cab ride. Throughout, <laughs> that, I, throughout oh. that ride to the dance where the vulture is driving, where Toombs is driving his daughter, Liz, and Peter Parker to the dance. And... Peter knows that it's the Vulture. The Vulture doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man. But then Liz says, oh, yeah, Peter was at this event. So earlier in the movie, we see them, I believe, they're in, what, Washington? Yeah, DC and, and he takes off. And Where'd you go in Washington, yeah. Peter? And because there was, a, there was a whole emergency with an elevator about to crash, and Spider-Man saves the day. And that's, and the when, the, that's, when, that's when I connected it, because the Vulture was watching that. And you saw him get a concerned look on his face. So I'm like, oh, he knows somebody that's on there. Yeah. Because why would he be so concerned uh, yes. now with that it, news geez. article? He was looking at it, and I'm like, then once Peter's going to pick up, and he rings the doorbell, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's going to be the vulture. Oh, he man, opens man. it, Tombs is there, and then as they're driving, so Liz basically says, oh, you know, Peter was in Washington, and he knows Spider-Man, and then you can see, and Michael Keaton plays this so well, you can see the Smart. wheels yep. turning in his head, and he's like adding and he everything up, in the mirror, and, and then he looks in the yeah. rearview mirror at Peter, and then Peter knows, like, so then he starts grilling Peter. Yeah. Liz thinks it's just an overprotective father, and then it's yeah. just it's Spider-Man and the Vulture going back and forth, and I just think it's, it was so well done. Such uh-huh. a great scene. It was. It was good. 
Yep, that was a total twist for me. I wasn't expecting Keaton to be her dad. Yeah, it was it was great. And uh, the other thing I really wanted to mention before we kind of uh, go into our, unless we want to say anything else about mm-hmm. it, but um, the, the mother is uh, is fancy from the Jamie Foxx yes, show. Yes, yes, Garcelle Bouveau. <laughs> Let me just throw this she's, in there. She's that's yeah, fancy. Yeah, yeah. I, fancy. She yeah. still looks good. She still looks good. She still looks. Anyways, gorgeous. no, no. But my my favorite thing is, um, we're introduced to a couple of other characters here. We're introduced to uh, two shockers. Um, yep. We see the first one, and he accidentally gets killed by the vulture uh, because he thought it was an anti gravity gun or something along those lines, and it yep. disintegrated him. And then he gave it to uh, Schultz, who is the actual secret identity of the Shocker in the Marvel Universe. And he says, I guess you're the new Shocker now. So we had him. And then we also saw a gentleman that went by the name. Uh, we didn't, I don't know if he went by the name, but he had, I think it was Matt yeah, Gargan. Ta- yeah. He had a scorpion tattooed oh, yeah. on his neck. So we saw maybe half of the Sinister Six. And then I believe it was the Tinkerer. Mm-hmm. I believe that was That's also what we the were like, kind of stabbing at. Like we thought that it was the guy who was making making all, all, the, we- right? all, all that tech. Yeah. So, yeah, so we saw possibly four villains that could comprise a, a Sinister Six. Because, again, spoiler alert: at the end of the movie, it's not a huge save the world type of battle, alien invasion. It's basically just one guy trying to steal some stuff against Spider-Man. So it's not this huge, epic, drawn-out like you know, apocalypse <laughs> world going to end battle. It's just basically the small like small fight between two people. And Vulture knows Peter Parker's identity. He gets defeated. And this is another movie where we don't see the villain killed at the end, which I thought was a breath of fresh air because a lot of the Marvel movies, for the most part, all the major villains from Guardians to, I mean, Red Skull, you can make a a case for that. We don't know what happened with him. I think Red Skull's going to be starting to come into light. Yeah, I think he's returning. That's always been a theory of mine from the beginning because you never see him die. You (coughs) see him get just shot up into space. And Pe- I people like assumed he, he died. I feel like he's gonna like. I would love for that whole him robbing the, one of the Iron Man suits and like, mm. like you know, twerking it all out or whatever. Not mm-hmm. literally twerking. twerking. <laughs> I, I don't know how, what word to use in that, but um, a lot of the animated stuff. If they could like tie that in, I think it'd be really great. That was a combination yep. of uh, uh, tweaking and it working. Working. You said twerking. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> We're taking that tweak phrase work. back to, yeah. to make tweak <laughs> and work at the same time. It's a nerd word <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, again, he just the fact that he survives, I thought, was awesome. I feel like Vulture may become a good guy at some point because Peter saved his daughter. Uh, Peter also saved him. Peter could have just let him die. Right. Um, and also, while in jail, he didn't rat out Peter. That's a very good point. But I think that's... Yes. That's to say I'm going to do it myself. That's like keeping that's it in your back pocket. Like, I have this that... I Yeah, I want to do it myself. Nobody else is going to do it. I know his weaknesses now. I know his family. I, I can find his family. I can find his friends. <laughs> so I messed up. I want to kill the seventeen-year-old. You know? Well, that's it's and and that's that's another good point. I loved seeing a fifteen-year-old Peter Parker. I mean, the kid that plays is in it. Tr- oh, it's fifteen. He's fifteen, so. but I'm saying he's a tw- he's a twenty-year-old kid. Tom Holland's a twenty-year-old kid. He looks like a high school student, and I love the fact that they're going to focus on him yeah. in high school for the first few movies, and I think that's great yep. because. Uh, I just, I just like say, we'll, we'll compare it to the other Spider-Man movies here in a second, but I want to leave with one final scene, and then you guys can say whatever you want about the movie before we compare it to everything else. But there's a whole theme where, again, with the training wheels program, they, they, he hacks it. He unlocks all the different capabilities of the suit. 
Tony Stark takes it away from him, and the, the whole thing is, if you're nothing without the suit, then you didn't deserve it in, in the, the first place. place. Awesome. And then fast forward to the scene where Peter Parker gets buried under all the rubble from the building, and you see him like struggling and trying to get up, and it's just that's the Peter Parker resolve that you know you read in the comics, like all this bad stuff is happening to me. I'm I can't do it. I have to find the inner strength to keep going on and keep doing it. Now, this sort of happened in Iron Man 3. <clears throat> Again, Iron Man 3 wasn't a great movie, but it was one of those things. Uh, Stark had to be tested without the suit in order to realize, you know. I love that scene. Yeah, and I think they You're took... You're an inventive. Invent things. Exactly. And I think they took that and they sort of applied it. He applied that lesson that he learned mm -hmm. to Peter. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of when he said, you know, if you're nothing without the suit and you don't deserve well, it. Well, that's, that's the duality of what you can be because you can talk about it being from the character of Peter Parker. If you need to rely on the suit to do this, then I was wrong to, to pick you in this role to give yeah. you this, this capability. But to your point, it could also be a, more of a look inside the character of Tony Stark where Iron Man 3, where he's the inventor, and like you just mentioned, you're an inventor, invent things, almost a reflection on him if you're nothing without the suit because he is using his intellect. He knows what it's like to be that. So it's a really cool look at both of the characters of Tony Stark and Spider-Man, and you can kind of apply it to either one of them, and, and it's really, really cool. Yep. That being said, um, anything, any final um, thoughts before we compare it to... Like, for real, I don't even want get, to like, get the snowball rolling, but there was a lot of cool little things that would drop when they were talking about like Iron Man's new shield. Like, they... Through, like, this one part where I guess he's like, oh, no, like, stay out of there. This is, you know, where Cap's new shield is and so-and-so's mm -hmm. new weapon and Vision's new thing or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Which part was this? Maybe I gotta oh, watch man. it again. No, this was, uh, I don't know if it was, like, pre-moving day or if it was a discussion between, like, Tony and, and Peter or whatever. But, yeah. They were, they were just I, talking I, I about that the in there. inventory? Yeah. Or like things that they're like. It's like it's on. like an R and D. It's like an R and D room or something, like yeah. research and development type thing. Yeah, no, and it's cool because again, we could we could use that as a jumping off point. So when we go to the next Avengers movie, and there's all kinds of new. I can almost things. guarantee that by the time we do get to like that last like hurrah with Marvel, we're gonna see the Scarlet Spider suit. Where like yep. you know the one that. Tony Stark really invented, like as far as all that stuff. With all the arms coming yeah. out of the back and stuff. The lasers. And yeah. Oh wow. The, the the little kid ends up using it. Yeah. In the other universe. Yeah. I did love that the suit reveal at the end. That thing was nice. Yes. Yeah, so basically, uh, after the conclusion of the movie, they go into Avengers Tower. You know, basically, oh, Stark essentially offers him a new suit, a new yeah. position. Like, hey, welcome to the team. And by this point, Spider Man's like, no, I I kind of want to be. Like that symbol just for my hometown, the yeah. friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and I just I like the fact that he's like you know thanks but no thanks, Mr. Stark, and he's like you know he thinks it was like a test and whatever, <laughs> and he's like oh I got you know I get the, the the crowd back here waiting to 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 talk to you as the newest <laughs> member and and he, you know Peter's like was this a test and he's like yeah you passed and then yeah. that's when Pepper comes out I was like I have everybody waiting what's going on <laughs> I was that was just that was a great little misdirect I thought that was cool oh yeah. I love how Beth has my back. When they were loading the plane with all of like the other stuff that was ah. being yep. moved out. <coughs> Beth and all her stuff. Yeah. Beth, so. Beth is awesome. We love Beth, like I said. Um, but let's compare, since we have about a half an hour left, let's okay. compare this movie to the other movies. How does it rank in your overall Spider-Man? So to recap, we have uh, the Tobey Maguire, so Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. Then we have the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
the first three movies deal with Mary Jane as the love interest. Uh, the second set of movies deal with Gwen Stacy, played by Emma Stone. Uh, villains, we have the first trilogy. We have Green Goblin, uh, Dr. Octopus in the second movie. Then we have Venom and Sandman in the third movie. Then we have the Lizard in Amazing Spider-Man 1. You forget the Hobgoblin? The Hobgoblin, thank you. I, I tried to forget about that. <laughs> um, and then uh, and Electro in the... And then yeah. we have this one. How like do, so how does it compare overall? Do you think it's up toward the top, or does it rank lower than most? Or This is by far the best Spider-Man movie. I agree. And it's because that they can tie in with Marvel. Yeah, that's convenient. Like, if... It, I don't know if it didn't have any tie-ins. Imagine this movie without like the Tony Stark or any of the other Marvel references. Yep, it'd be a good movie because Michael Keaton did a great job. The right. kid did a great job doing Spider-Man. But what made this movie so great is now I know that Spider-Man can be where any of those other superheroes are. You know what I mean? Like in the next Doctor Strange movie, I know that Doctor Strange and Spider-Man have like come in contact with each other and helped each other on numer numerous occasions. So it's good to know that that can tie in. Spider-Man and Hulk. Spider-Man and Hulk. Yeah. I want to see Hulk go... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't own many comic books at all. Like, I probably own five, but one of them I do have is, like, the, the Wolverine versus Hulk and Spider-Man versus Hulk comics. Um, actually, from that point, you mind if I pick up and I'll go from my points? Go so for it. with these movies, right, like, all these different movies, um, my first experience with Spider-Man, because I don't collect comics now and I didn't when I was younger, was the 1990s, uh, we had the animated series, and that's where I based all, like, I loved it right away. I based everything off that. I was I was an action figure guy growing up, so I had tons of... the Spider-Man cartoon? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, like, the, the 90s, it was just, like, you know, Spider-Man animated. Spider-Man, yeah, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Batman, uh, there was an Iron Man cartoon, too. It's crazy. They, the had, they did yeah. have all of them. Yeah. And now it's like... But I, I would definitely say like the standouts would be the top three. would be Batman, X-Men, and then the Spider-Man. Absolutely. Yep. So for me, that Spider-Man series picked up... He wasn't in high school. I never got... You get the origin story kind of in like the opening credits of, of the, the, show, like the show. So when I s saw that first Tobey Maguire movie, and I only got that little bit of him in high school, I was completely satisfied. And on top of it, I think... Toby Maguire did a great, mm -hmm. great job with like he played the part great. Yeah. yeah, and if that stupid dancing scene was that <laughs> everyone loves to destroy, I still I think it was interesting. I love that movie. They shouldn't have made him like get that full of himself. They should have made him more aggressive and like they should have showed that side of what Venom does to you. That whole like he's a, like a alpha. Alpha males do that walking down the street like hey. Well, so <laughs> like, this is why I like this. This is why I like this because. Peter Parker, for all of his you know superpowers and his moral compass, he's a nerd. He's a geek. So yeah. when he's kind of like full of himself, he's still nerdy, and it's still it's so it's so geeky and and dumb that it works for his character as it, Peter Parker. Too. I thought I thought Venom the Venom uh, substance that got on him turned him into like a goth. Yeah, yes. more of a goth. Yes, goth <laughs> his his hair was in his Le eyes. Yeah, he was, was like a, a metrosexual goth. <laughs> Like that's that's dressed in all black. Yeah. yeah. You any of you guys watch South Park? Because I'm gonna say conformist. Oh man, <laughs> the plants make you sit, do that right there. <laughs> um, uh, but so yeah, so Spider-Man three. So I I even love that. The fact that for the most part we seen actually for that at that point we've only had two Spider-Man movies. There was no one ever there to help Spider-Man. Seeing Spider-Man put in a scenario where he's gonna fight Sandman and Venom, like and we've seen that was a tough what. One. 
That was insane. And then his boy comes to his help. That was that was the best. Yep. Like I don't even care. Like so many people destroy that movie, but when he looks at Harry and he's like, Harry, they gotta. And then next thing you know, he like it looks like Harry's gonna leave him out there hanging. Then you just see the. I agree. Boom boom. But I, I also just I, I think they rushed it too much. I, in my I opinion. agree. I think because he was in that same movie, he was trying to blackmail Mary Jane and and do all, all this that. stuff, and he was like treating her like because he wanted to get back at Peter. Yeah. Because they used the whole. So all right, so I'll, I'll say my piece real quick on Spider-Man Three. Why I have a problem with it? I didn't think it was an awful movie. There were two things though: the fact that he became the Hobgoblin, and I'm totally cool with that. He wanted revenge for his yep. father's death, you know, and all this other stuff. Gets bumped on the head. They do the whole amnesia story, whatever. Um, then he like starts. He starts remembering. He starts tormenting Mary Jane, going after Peter. He wants revenge. This whole thing, and then he. Peter goes to him and says, they, they got Mary Jane, they got, you know, this whole thing. And then it's all of a sudden, like you said, he, at the last second, they didn't show any of the turmoil. Time out. But this, this is why, this is why, because I know where you're going to go yeah. with this. So go ahead. All right. So he, if you do know, you probably do know. But when Peter, like, completely, like, beats him and just leaves him there, and then, like, him and his butt, oh, after that's Peter leaves, his butler That's has what I have a problem with. You that's have the I, problem with the butler yes. having that? So uh, do you remember this, Joe? <laughs> what? I do, I do. Okay, so... Let's l- it's like, by the way, yeah, logically speaking, <laughs> if you are like, oh, I want to get revenge on Spider-Man and your butler already knows this, then you go through this amnesia period, then you get revenge again. And then he goes, by the way, sir, it was his own glider that killed him. Why didn't you I say that in the, the beginning? Why didn't you say that in the beginning of the movie? And Bro, he's like 70. <laughs> he's got Alzheimer's. He drinks every day. He hates him. I do like he how the butler just spraying it on him. Yeah, they call that the MacGuffin. Yeah. Where it's basically like, here's here's like the, the piece where it's going to tie it all together because here's the change that you need. You need some character to just be like, okay. Oh, your hands look cold. Uh, you know what? I've had these extra gloves for yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference. I'm not going to even mention what movie that's <laughs> oh, going to be. Oh, man. Uh, if you don't get that, you're done. He was done. like, oh, my hands are starting to get sweaty. Here you go. <laughs> You've had um, second set of gloves. This whole time. I'm going to yeah. be like, I would say out of every Spider-Man movie, I've not liked one, and it was the first Andrew Garfield movie. Like, I didn't I didn't like the lizard okay. as a villain. I like, see, this is what I would like. I would like the reference of the lizard, or I'd like maybe like a 15-minute lizard part of a movie. So we know that the character is established, and we can bring him in at a later part because mm-hmm. we know the relationship they have. Like I like when the lizard g- regains control of his mind and is able to help Spider-Man out, which has happened. I don't know if comics, but I know it's happened in mm-hmm. the cartoon yep. series many yep. times. I, I liked um, I liked Spider-Man one and two, uh, the one with Doc Ock. I thought was great. Yep. I, I don't know why I love that one. No, it's, it's they did close. they did a great job with his uh, his tentacles. tentacles. Yeah. It was just cool. Um, I didn't like the third one, and then I I disliked both Amazing Spider-Man movies. I, Jamie right. Foxx has what was he? Uh, uh, Electro. Electro. I, so oh man, he was the worst part of that. Okay, movie. so I'll 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 so do bad. mine first. I'll rank. I'll go Spider-Man two, with uh, Tobey Maguire, Homecoming. Yep. Spider-Man one. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man one, Spider-Man three, Amazing Spider-Man two. That's that's how probably I'd, mine. That's how I'd rank them, roughly. I, I and I'd put I'd put Homecoming <coughs> neck and neck just because I do I think. Spider-Man 2 was close to a perfect superhero movie you can get. Um, uh, yeah. Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, amazing actor, too. Yep. Um, Topher Grace as Venom was, was so sad to me. Uh, I know, did not Eric, want... Eric Foreman. Uh, <laughs> Playing it, Venom. It was tough. Uh, it was weird you need a because tough guy to do that. I remember Eddie Brock being like almost 
He's now your Flash Gordon. Yeah. Peter Parker's not in high school anymore, so now Flash Gordon's done. Now we have Eddie Brock taking the role of that. Oh, we'll talk about Eddie Brock. All right. We'll talk, we'll about, we'll Eddie talk about Eddie Brock. But how about, how about you, Don, before we get into uh, our favorite segment? How would you rank the movies, and how would you compare um, Homecoming, because of how it can tie into everything. Definitely Spider-Man 2, because... Actually, the, the whoever the actor is, it's not even important. But the guy who played Doc Ock made that movie incredible. Alfred Molina, right? Yep. Is that what yep? It? Alfred Molina. All right. So you guys know. Um, after that, I'd have to go Spider Man. I'd go Spider Man One, Spider Man Three, Amazing Spider Man Two, Amazing Spider Man One, and I think that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. Like. The power of friendship coming through, and you know what? Like uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Three is the best one. If you could tie that one into the Marvel universe, know. I'm telling you, I can't vouch yeah, for that. It's, it's, it's we'll an cut the dance. It's an alternate reality. We'll cut that dancing <laughs> right out. That's Please it. do. Oh man, they they use the Tesseract to escape that world and go somewhere to our. <laughs> now tell me this though, you guys wouldn't like to see a movie where Spider-Man teams up with Venom to go up against Carnage? That would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. That'd be that great. That would be amazing. D- depending on who they cast but, but, for Venom. But, 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 but listen, what if Venom was Tofu? <laughs> no, I'll never watch it. I'll <laughs> never watch go. it. <laughs> we got at least another three to four movies with uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. That, uh, we do. That we're going to see. going to so be a shit ton of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So I guarantee you we're going to see Venom. We will definitely see Carnage. They're doing a I'd love to see him team up, Venom though. Movie. Speaking of Venom, before we get into the final countdown, Joe, sure. do you want to draw our winner for our contest? Sure. Uh, where do I draw? Oh, right. Well, I'm gonna, I, I have our, our Venom cup here. I'm going to just all right. the names out. I'm just choosing one. Just choose one. and We'd we'll like see. to thank the... These are all the seven people, people who shared. If they if they shared it, I only put all their name right, in one. Let's see. And the winner is. Let's see. Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Paul Williams Paul from Wilchester, New England. Uh, I don't know what the number <laughs> that's, is. That's episode forty-five. So ah. Paul Paul's a buddy of mine who has his own podcast called the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. So check it out. So Paul, I'm going to be uh, sending you an email. Uh, within the next few weeks to get your shirt size and address, and I'll be mailing you a package. Uh, What's in the package? I'm curious. Well, we have some Wonder Woman comics. We have a Vulture and Spider-Man uh, pop figures. We have, um, what else did I put in there? What are some of the other big movies? Guardians of the Galaxy, a couple of Guardians of the Galaxy, keychains, um, a couple of plush toys, Deadpool, I believe, Batman. Nice. Uh, just different cool things, uh, you know, celebrate our geekdom and uh so paul if you're watching this it's going to be coming your way um that being said let's get into our do you anything else you want to add before we no okay. let's get into our fine uh our favorite segment we call final it countdown. the final countdown it's the final countdown So for this edition of the final countdown, we're gonna take our favorite top three favorite Spider-Man villains. Okay. Um, we're gonna start with number three, go through our third pick, then our second pick, and our first pick. Don, do you want to start us off? Yes. Okay, with your number three, sir. Um, so this is strictly cartoon. I at first I was gonna go like one cartoon, one video game. I'm just gonna just. I think I'm going cartoon too. Um, do you guys remember? Um, I'll explain. Yeah. I want to say his name is Alex. Alistair Smythe. Alistair Smythe. Alistair Smythe. Yes. He's the one who made all like the the spider bots and all stuff yep. like that for uh, the Kingpin. Correct. 
I I loved him as a character. I loved when they ended up mutating him into like the super freak smite, and he could shoot lasers out of his out of the tops. Uh, he comes into play way in the end when like the Watcher pulls Spider-Man and some X-Men and makes a you know the big. Uh, if you guys have never seen that, I don't even want to ruin that. So never mind. There's a there's a big like joining at the end of the Spider-Man series of a lot of awesome guys, but um, Smythe. His tech is just, he's right up there with our Starks and our, you know, Reed Richards. Yeah. I got so know. I'm pulling it up on the, the monitor nice. over here. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's the one who makes all, like, the, the like, high-tech stuff for Kingpin and Kingpin's goons. And he ends up, you know, he, you can tell he hates the Kingpin. Oh, what did he do to his father? Oh, it's been so oh long yeah, never mind, I've never mind, never mind. But anyway, you guys know who I'm talking about. It's, he, he's a good Spider-Man villain. Um, you know what it's akin to is if, if anybody watched the old Ninja Turtles cartoon, it was kind of like the Baxter Stockman where he was oh, yeah. the fly guy, and then he turned yeah. into a fly. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Actually, that's perfect. So that's, that's a good. So that's uh, that's your number. Yeah, that's three. my number three. Joe, how about you? My three is the Shocker. Now that's the guy who shoots out like bolts. He's yellow. Correct. He's uh, got like, he looks like a quilt. Yes. I just thought. Uh, now I liked him in the cartoon. I just thought he looked so badass in the cartoon. So that's my number three. Um, he was just to me the most intimidating. Every time he was on, I was kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, man, he was he's awesome. going to kick Spider-Man's ass right yeah. now. It's really cool when you see like different villains, like and, and the villains have almost like an elemental power set. Um, for and and I should kind of led with this, and I didn't introduce this. Next to Batman and maybe the Flash, I think Spider-Man has the best gallery of villains, especially on the Marvel side. I think he's got the best. Uh, you can make an argument mm. for the X-Men. Having like a whole, but like as far as like villains, a single for a single hero, I would definitely say that Spider-Man has got the coolest set of villains. I mean, cause yeah, there's there's tons. There's yeah, literally, they're cool like, visually, and their their powers are. There's cool. at least fifteen I can name off the top of my head right now that like I think would be like amazing villains for Spider-Man. You know, from a both a moral and an ethical standpoint as well as a power standpoint. Yeah, mm -hmm. but Shocker again, a great one. So I, I would just say because there's. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a villain that controls fire. There's a villain that controls water. We have a villain that controls electricity. There's actually multiples. multiple. We got electro. electro as well. So, um, my number three, and we kind of alluded to him a little earlier, is the Eddie Brock version of Venom, uh, created yeah. by uh, David Michaelini and Todd McFarlane. I just kind of liked how basically the, uh, my character, this is more of the comic book version. I, this is where I pulled uh, my villains from, but just to have. Eddie Brock say, okay, here's a, he's, he's a reporter, he's a journalist. He says, this, he, oh, I'm exposing this serial killer. Spider-Man catches the real serial killer. And then basically Eddie Brock hates Spider-Man for ruining and disgracing his career. Come to find out Spider-Man, the, the symbiote is trying to bond to him. He gets rid of the suit. Same time that uh, Eddie Brock is ready to commit suicide. And it kind of bonds with him, and they become they nice. both their hatred for Spider-Man. Yep. Now he knows all the Spider-Man secrets. He can sneak up on Spider-Man without activating the spider sense because the symbiote bonded to Spider-Man. It has a, a, like basically um, an imprint of his powers, and it knows how to block those powers. So it's just a really good mm. antithesis to Spider-Man back and forth. So that's my number three, Venom. That's awesome. Moving on to number two. Um, number two, uh, straight with. Back to the cartoon is uh, Michael Morbius, like the oh sorry the the, uh, the vampire, the living vampire, the living vampire. Um, he's shown up so many times in that animated series. 
Um, and I was always happy to see because then he would pull Blade in. We'd get Blade teaming up with Spider-Man. Um, a thing I just, when I was just coming up, like thinking of him as a character, I was realizing that a lot of Spider-Man's villains have no negative intentions when they begin. He's trying to come up with a serum that will cure some blood virus thing. Um, you know, Doc Ock is trying to make cold fusion. Uh, mm -hmm. Like any, all their, all their first things that they try to do is make something better. They fail, and then they realize, oh, well, if I want to do this again, I need money, and, you know, all that yep. craziness ends up <laughs> happening. But um, he's an awesome character. Uh, I know that they actually do have Count Dracula in the Marvel Universe as an enemy, but I, I like Morbius but better. He's not, he's not necessarily a vampire. No, he uses his hands, the suction cups in his hands, to drain your life force, not your blood. Oh, wow. Your now life that I'm force. looking at him, I remember him from the cartoon. Oh, dude, I'd yeah, sit and eat Cocoa wow. Puffs and just I forgot watch about this, this guy. Days. Yeah, that's, that's him in the comics. Jesus. So obviously it's a little bit more intense. Yeah, that's Because that's they wanted to keep it for a kid's show. Yeah. But that's a great number, too. Uh... My number two, I would say Doc Ock, but um, there were, to me, there were two different versions. The movie version was a good guy, it seemed like, and he just, you know, he was he became desperate and depressed. Um, but the cartoon version seemed a little more sinister, but I would stick him at number two. I just love the tentacles. I love that um, he's, he's also a smart guy. I like how he you said... He's sinister, no pun intended, because he was the leader of the Sinister Six for yeah. a while. See, I, I wasn't thinking that. I'm not, you that's, know, that's that geeky, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my number two, Doc Ock. That's, that's a great number two. Mm -hmm. uh, my number two is, I don't know if he's going to be on your list or your list, but he was in the cartoon, but he had a great storyline. It's uh, Craven the Hunter. Craven's great. Craven the Hunter. So he's, uh, I'll pull up a picture yeah, for you in a second. A but guy. he was uh, created by J.M. Uh, De Matisse. And uh, Mike Zeck in 1987, he's basically this this master hunter, and he sees Spider-Man as the ultimate prey uh, to hunt. And then you have the storyline Craven's Last Hunt, where basically he he kills Spider-Man, buries him, takes Spider-Man's suit, and then goes around fighting crime, showing that he can be a better Spider-Man <laughs> than Spider-Man can. <laughs> Spider-Man was only shot with a trank gun because he buried him alive. So with yeah. spider sense, kept him alive. He dug himself out, ended up defeating. Him and then Craven ended up killing himself, proving his point that I already proved that I was better than you. I already proved that I could hunt and get you if I wanted to. Yeah. I'm done with you. Uh, and uh, I'll pull up a picture uh, right there. But that's the that's that's my uh, that's my number two. <coughs> and Joe, you're gonna when I pull up the picture, you're gonna laugh at the cheesiness of his costume. I don't remember this guy. Nope. But uh, <laughs> nice tights. Yeah, he's got the he's got the. Uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't remember him. Here's a uh, the comic was version. was he in the cartoons? Uh, I think he was in the uh, some of the cartoons. I don't know if he was in the '90s cartoon, but he's another. Uh, oh, he definitely uh, was. Was he? Craven. I don't yeah. remember this guy. I remember the vampire dude. A fun fact: he's the half brother of the chameleon, in, in oh, the, wow. uh, the Spider-Man universe. So, moving on to number one, and also, if you wanted to give any honorable mentions, because I totally forgot to do that off the top of the cuff, but uh, feel free to do that too. I'm just. I'm gonna give. I'm just gonna give my number one spot. Like th this person could be an honorable mention on like anybody's list but i've seen a few good episodes of spider-man going up against mysterio and i mean like almost all of spider-man's bad guys like you were saying like you have the lot of we have like the elemental ones uh we have the tech guys mysterio just like played i mean yes all of his stuff comes through tech but he plays such mind games with spider-man knows how to get in his head and just like wreaks havoc you know Mm -hmm. um, 
like like I said, like I'm sure there's much better villains on there. I just like I didn't want to go cookie cutter. I tried to do like my best to. But Mysterio is <coughs> great, man. I had an awesome f- action figure of Mysterio. Is man, that your you number one or honorable like mention? No, no, that's my number one. Okay. That's my number one. <coughs> I'm gonna go with honorable mention. Uh, Osborne, Harry Osborne's dad, Norman, is it? Norman, is that yeah. was he the Green Goblin? He was the Green Goblin. Okay, yep. I'm gonna honorable mention say Green Goblin. Um, I don't know. I just like that character. It was a little thinking back on it. It was kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. and he, he like the whole voice thing. He just tried sounding. I don't know. Uh, my favorite though, Venom. It, it's always been Venom. He looks cool. He looks stronger than Spider Man. I don't know. There's just something awesome about him that I've always loved. It's, it's to your point and what we talked about. If Spider Man was evil yeah. and he abused his powers, the symbiote with the hate and Spider Man's powers. Yeah. I, I just wish the movie would have captured that better. There's still time to, ha- and they, they're supposed to have a uh, Spider-Man with a Venom in it, right? Correct. Or, or they're doing a solo Venom movie, I believe. So. Gotcha. We'll see how that. Yeah, comes just get to get that toe for grace memory out of my head. Yeah, that that bitter taste in your mouth. <laughs> um, okay, I got two honorable mentions, and actually, uh, it was two that you guys just mentioned. Green Goblin, I think, is a great, great villain. He's, if you were to compare Spider-Man to Batman, he's essentially the Joker okay. to. To the to Spider Man as the Joker is to Batman, uh, I just think he's he's always had his hand. Once he discovered Peter Parker's Spider Man, he always had, he was always in the background of Peter Parker's life. Even if it's like something's going wrong on a personal level, Norman Osborn's got his handprints all on that, yeah. and he's kind of weeding his way in there and trying to make his life miserable. The other point you want to make, I was thinking from a movie standpoint, I would love to see Mysterio. I actually had an idea for rather than Spider Man three, yeah. my you know, if you want to call it fan fiction, Mary Jane finally becomes a successful actress. You have the special effects guy, yep. Quentin Beck, I think it is, that's uh, his, obsessed with her. He becomes obsessed with her. He's the special effects guy, becomes Mysterio, and basically you would force Spider Man not just to use his webs, but when he creates all these illusions, he'd need to rely on a spider sense to, to and I just think that'd be a cool story. Um, hopefully we'll see that in the future with these new Spider-Man movies. But my number one, go to my list right here. Drum roll. We've already we've already talked about him <laughs> ad nauseum, but I will just say he was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Uh, Dr. Octopus. I just like the fact That's that, choice. to your point, like the movie version with, with Alfred Molina was amazing, but the comic book version, just this guy that's like, I am so smart. Like he he's, he's kind of got... Almost this ethic, ethical code where he won't go too far in the comic books, and we kind of see that Dan Slott. I don't know. I don't. I know you don't read it, but have you ever read Superior Spider-Man? No. Okay. If you're ever looking to pick some stuff up, uh, and I might even have some, I'll, I'll let you borrow it. But basically, uh, after all the use of uh, him using his tentacles and all the stuff he's gone through, Doc Ock's body is deteriorating, and he's created all these octo robots that go around and like kind of like the the spider bots from the yeah. The, so Spider-Man actually uses this headset to control him because that's what Doc Ock uses. Unbeknownst to him, Dr. Octopus programmed his own brain brainwaves into this headset. So once he puts it on, as Bo- uh, Doc Ock's body is dying, he puts his own consciousness into Peter Parker's body oh, and shit. erases Peter Parker's mind and becomes Spider-Man for a year. Yeah, Because the, 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 this was right before, I think, one of the Amazing Spider-Mans came <laughs> out uh, with the, the Andrew Garfield movie. But basically, Dan Slott wrote this whole thing as... Doc Ock is erasing Peter Parker. He relives Uncle Ben dying and all the different tragedies that Peter Parker's had to endure. Yeah. And that coupled with his like air of superiority, he's like, 
I'm not going to use these powers for my own benefit. You've taught me that I need to be responsible with these powers, but I'm smarter than you and I'm better than you. I'm going to be no no longer an amazing Spider-Man, but a superior Spider-Man. Oh. And it's just it's a, a full like it, he just basically he starts writing the wrong. He goes back to school because Peter Parker never got his PhD in school. Yeah. He goes back. He opens up his own tech company, starts creating all these cool gadgets to help humanity, and he's being. Uh, Spider-Man on the side, and all the while Peter Parker's consciousness is still in the back yeah. of the mind, like fighting Doc Ock. It's just such a great story. Amazing. So definitely check it out. Just uh, jumping in, I meant to say this earlier. John Viveris just reminded me. Tom Hardy cast as Venom. That's the rumor. That's the I, rumor. I heard the same rumor. So, who yeah. knows if it's true? But that would be very cool if he was. You murder? <laughs> I can't do the voice. You think darkness is your ally? <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. So good. Um, uh, yeah, so anything else uh, to say before we get out of here? Anything else you want to plug? Uh, no. I mean, uh, whatever, I mean bro podcast, whatever Bro Podcast, you know. You don't get to see me on Every I'm, Monday, I'm off to the side over 7 here. 7 p.m. if you get a chance. Sounds. It's hilarious. Yeah. You know, they they check out their, their latest episode with... Uh, Tara Winterhalter. Booty, Booty, Booty Yoga, Yoga Master. Master Pro. Yeah. So thanks she's thanks for the shameless plug. Hey, I appreciate hey. it. And thank you to our sponsor, which I should have in, uh, done in the beginning, Pachigo's Furniture. Uh, you see they have Merving, moving services. Call Merving. them at, Yeah. They're, they're on Bedford What's Street. That, Fall is River. that perving while you're moving? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, scoping out. They're, it's they're, a moving perver. Like <laughs> no. no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> but thank you to Pachigo's Furniture, fine sponsor of the show. They've been sponsoring us since the beginning. Uh, Don, anything else you want to plug? Um... Watch Game of Thrones, so if yes. I bump into you, we can talk about yes. it. Yes, uh, we, we did uh, our last show, which was like almost a month ago. <laughs> Whoa! Wow, really? Almost a month ago. It was like three weeks ago. Three, I think yeah. it was like end of June. We, we'd, uh, we were kind of previewing Game of Thrones. Season 7 premiere happened last Sunday. The first five minutes, in my opinion, are amazing. Uh, Game of Thrones is huge, man. Yeah. I haven't seen one episode, but we can, I, we, I hear we'll great get you into things. It. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk offline. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you some <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones is amazing. You see us, you know, in the comments. Shoot us a message. Talk about it. That's cool. Uh, check out our Facebook page if you're listening to the audio version. If you're watching us on Facebook Live right now, you know where to go. But every Wednesday, we do covers of the week. KB does Marvel. I do DC. Um, check out our Instagram page for your geek on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. For Twi- your geek. Twitter. Twitter. For your geek on Twitter. Uh, J Free the Geek. J F R E E the Geek. Uh, dot com. That's my website. I push put everything there as well. Uh, we have Free Your Geek Gaming, I believe, on Twitch, which Kevin needs to get in touch with you because I have no clue what's going on with that. Um, we have no time. We ha- we don't have any time. We we don't have any time, but um, we do have time for our catchphrases before we get out of here. So I'd like to thank you Joe again. Huh? We have our catchphrases. Joe's been here, I think, like five times now. I don't know, but Joe Joe's our, our stalwart. He's like the fourth member of our team now at this point. I try to be. Anytime, Whenever so we'll, I can we'll contribute. See him, we'll see him again uh, with Thor Ragnarok, which is yes. so we won't see Joe again. Is that again the next so one? Yeah, probably. So no, November. November. <laughs> so you guys, you, guys November. Got, you got like three months. Um, do you want to hit him with the catchphrases? Start the weekend with your geek friends <laughs> and, and get, get your geek, geek on. on. Later, folks. Yeah, what they said. Get it. <laughs>
silver. Go home. <laughs>